Hey everybody, it is Toronto Unicorn with another podcast episode. This is uh, basically a topic called write those rules in pencil, not ink. Um, Write those boundaries in pencil, not ink, things like that. Because this lifestyle changes you and opens you up if you let it. And I want to delve into that in depth and give it the weight it deserves of, of, of dialogue. So let's get right into it. What do I mean by write your rules in pencil, not pen? When you join this sex positive lifestyle, one of the things that happens is people feel really nervous. They're jumping outside their comfort zone. For some people, they're just like super fearful of like, what is it gonna be like? Am I gonna like it? Am I gonna hate it? Am I gonna have an anxiety attack? Am I gonna have an IBS attack? People have real fucking concerns, right? And so I am here to try and be a bridge from mainstream vanilla society to the sex positive lifestyle so that you could at least dip your toe in it and see if you like it. That is more than a lot of us swingers had when we were, you know, on the outside, not knowing there was something to even look in at. Um, Being a swinger is something I didn't realize was even possible for me until I was in my 30s. And the thing I continuously hear from people in this lifestyle is how they wish they knew about it 10, 15 years ago. So let's just start there. All right. So when I joined this lifestyle, I was a single woman. I was looking for a threesome and I was looking for my first female experience. I did get that, right? And then of course I had a video about it and I talk about it on YouTube and and, and everything's kind of documented on YouTube along the way. And you can find a link to that in the description of this podcast. So I basically had aspirations for a threesome. That was my big goal. I never once really considered couple swapping. That was not where my goals were. I wanted to have a threesome. I wanted to be a girl who was comfortable with her guy having sex with other women. And I thought that was going to make me, in a way, like girlfriend of the year. But like, that's not why I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it because I thought I would get be turned on by it too, right? So, and it's true, I am. So anyways, I, I never really had bigger dreams of gangbangs or or sex parties or even sex clubs. I never grew up thinking I was going to be in a sex club. I didn't know there was such a such a thing. But I did have, you know, earlier times when I was with a boyfriend and dating and we looked for those, you know, elusive unicorns, which are single women who want to sleep with couples in the lifestyle. And, uh, you know, I would talk to my boyfriend at the time about rules and like, what would we be comfortable with and what would we not be comfortable with? I remember that I would discuss like a no kissing rule at first and like I laugh at that now because I'm an experienced swinger and I, and it's always the first rule that goes, you know, goes away for new couples I've learned is the no kissing thing because I think the issue is when people are taking a chance on a lifestyle and sharing a sexual partner that maybe they're not comfortable with, maybe they're scared to death of what happens when that sexual partner experiences somebody else's vagina or dick, or what if their dick's bigger or girthier? What if they squirt and they don't squirt at home? What if she does anal with him and and, and she doesn't let me put it in her ass? There's all sorts of these concerns and fears and it's not, it's not like we should minimize them or say they're not there. There's definitely mitigation strategies to handle them. But one of the ones that couples tend to use is the no kissing rule. And I've just got to say, 
it's all fun and games to make a bunch of rules and cocoon you, you and your partner into a safe little cocoon of, of, okay, as long as we don't break the rules, our relationship is protected. Well, you know, you do you, but people may not want to do you. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I would not want to fuck a swinger who didn't want to kiss me because what the fuck, man? Like, are you just here to put your dick in my, my one hole and that's it? I mean, really? Because I, that's a little abrupt, you know? Um, so it's just one of those things where when people have rules like that, it really does in my, I'm sorry to offend, but I'm still going to say it. It reeks of insecurity between a couple. And so as a single woman, if they, a couple approached me and said, oh, you know, we, you can't kiss, I would, I would decline. Like, it would just be like, okay, thanks, no thanks, you know. I don't, I don't need those types of limited yellow caution tape around my mouth fucking experiences. Who does? Right? And that's kind of my point is you can make all the rules you want, but pe people may not want to fuck you behind your list of rules, you know? So anyways, I think the point I'm making is people like to make rules like no kissing or no, you know, don't finish any other woman or uh, I'm telling, I'm just going to rhyme off many because there's so many I've heard. It doesn't mean I agree or disagree with these. I'm just listing the rules that I have heard many couples have. Some of them I think are a little much, but you be the judge. Um, maybe you shouldn't judge either is the point, I guess. Maybe just understand that every couple comes in with a different level of rigidity is my, my word of choice. But basically some of the rules are no hand holding, no intimacy, like no touching or cuddling after sex. Um, there's lots of couples that insist on having sex together alone after they've swapped or had a unicorn or threesome because it's like a reclaiming sex where they basically, a lot of couples say it, some of the hottest sex they've ever had in their life was like after they fucked other people and then came together to celebrate and talk about it and get all heated about it. So that's something. Most people use condoms, but if you don't use condoms, there's rules about like cream pies and like where you can finish. Like some people would say, oh, I only swallow for my husband, but like, so other guys can't come in my mouth. Like everybody's got their own rules and boundaries. And even myself, I've got my own, my own rules and boundaries, but they look much different than they did when I was new. Okay. Because the more you get acclimatized into the sex positive, ethical, non-monogamy lifestyle, you realize that sex is not the threat. It you think it is in a way like it's, I understand there's still going to be primal feelings of even jealousy, concern, insecurity, body insecurity, relationship insecurity, you know, all of it. But you can really use the lifestyle as a vehicle to actually pretty effectively address these things. And a lot of couples say that their relationship improves with one another because their communication gets so much better. Um, and so it's just, it's true. Communication is the biggest, biggest noticeable thing I have with my uh, sex partners now than when I did before. Before it was like, let's just start kissing and hope everything, you know, aligns. And, and now I can be very clear about what I'm interested in, what I'm not. And, and it's just, it's wonderful.
Two terms you're going to hear often in the swinger lifestyle is soft swap and full swap. And what that means is for, you know, for the most part, male, female couples, of course, there's different variations. They talk about what comfort level they have with what kind of sexual activity they want to do with other people. Soft swap does not include penetration. If there was going to be a soft swap exchange between two couples, sometimes it's just the women who play, you know, for the enjoyment of the men. Sometimes there's oral between everybody or whatever, um, but no sex. People would just go back to their own partner to have sex, even if it was like in the same room beside people. Full swap is when you're allowed to fuck somebody else, basically, like, you know, penis and vagina, whatever else. Uh, so lots of people have preferences about whether they're soft swap or full swap couples. Many people maybe start out as soft swap and then very quickly graduate to full swap. But there is some couples that stay at soft swap because that's where they're happy. So there's nothing wrong with where you are. I just know that you better write those uh, rules and conditions in pencil and not pen. Um, but full swap is where I would be. I would think sex is sex. Let's go fuck, you know, let's, you know, anyways, that, that's for me. But I have turned down sex with a soft swap couple before because the husband or whatever wasn't allowed to fuck me. I was basically just allowed to suck his dick with the girl and then he was going to fuck his wife. And I was like, you've got to understand what a shitty fucking deal that is for me. Like, you know, like in my head, I was thinking that. Um, so anyways, I just think with a single unicorn, we don't have another man who's going to fuck us. So if you're soft swap with a single female, like, you know, you can find that sure, but it would be very rare, rare, I think. Uh, so yeah, so those are some of the terms that, you know, you can start out as a full swap. Most people don't go backwards, but, um, I guess you always could if you didn't enjoy it, things like that. Similarly, there is same room and separate room swapping. Some couples will not enjoy sex swapping if their partner's not around, like they want to see it to enjoy it. Uh, some people are separate room uh, swingers where their partners can go off and fuck somebody in a different room and not even be in earshot of their sex, for example. Um, so there's different types and a lot of people would start out maybe as same room swingers and develop a level of comfort into separate room. I remember I did an interview with, I think it was Swinger University podcast, and they had uh, explained that they had started out kind of very, you know, you know, kind of rigid, soft swap, same room. And she says that now they've been swingers so long and they're so comfortable that she actually just doesn't mind sitting back even with a snack sometimes watching him fuck women or like other people because it's just such a recreational, fun, enjoyable thing. It's not so much about feeling left out anymore. Now it's just about pleasure and fun and enjoyable activities you can do together. So this is also one area where you'll, you'll want to write those in pencil, not pen. Some couples that say only the wife can play with the woman and, or, you know, some couples have a no extra dick rule, meaning, or, or a one dick policy, which is by the way, highly controversial, highly controversial. I ever said that twice. It's not an editing error. Um, because what the fuck, man, you're going to say uh, one more girl can come, but another guy is like off limits. I think it's definitely okay if this is a two way street and you're consensually agreeing to that. But if this is just because of, I think, an unfair balance of sexual liberation, then that's not cool. 
first of all, the things that you come into the lifestyle thinking will protect those insecurities are those rules or the boundaries or whatever. Some partners come for their first night at the club and, and you know, they have a great, they're a great night because for a lot of couples, they don't come and have sex with people on the first night. Some couples come just to have a date together at a sex club and get acclimatized. You do not have to jump into this lifestyle full feet, man. You do not. Um, everybody always goes at people's pace, right? It's like a very consent driven, um, community and activity. I think one of the quickest things that you learn when you are in this lifestyle is that sex is not the threat. It, 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 it seems to be, and I know I've said that already. I think the point I'm trying to make is that when you realize the purpose of your rules, forget the rules themselves, but the purpose of them is to make you feel safe in your relationship doing this extra thing, right? This experimental thing. If you could feel safe entirely anyways, you wouldn't need the rules. And so the point I'm trying to make is not that people, you know, feel pressured to get rid of their rules. I think people relax into getting rid of those rules. And that's the appeal of this lifestyle. It's not so overwhelming or people wouldn't stick around. I mean, well, maybe some would, but it's really you go at your own pace kind of thing. And so, yeah, some couples come in and the very first thing they notice is sex is kind of awkward when you can't kiss, you know, so maybe that's OK. And maybe the first time they do it, they check in with each other after the sex and say, oh, you know, did you feel OK with it? So, yeah, I did. Let's, you know, so you can go and, and incrementally change your rules or boundaries as you move along in this lifestyle. If you're coupled, you know, I'm talking about. If you're single, you can do that too, but you don't need to consult anybody, which is kind of the, the freedom I love of being single. But it's one of those things where when you realize that sex can be negotiated and ethically done out in the open at these sex clubs, for example, the rules aren't needed so much because it's a casual lifestyle. Swinging is not polyamory. There's definitely overlap and people can be polyamorous swingers, but there's also swingers who would consider themselves actually monogamous who have sex with other people together, meaning they would never have sex with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, only with their partner. That's like monogamish. It's not monogamous, it's monogamish, I-S-H at the end. So there's people of all across the spectrum of, of monogamy, non-monogamy, everything in between. But being a swinger specifically is about casual sex. It's about friendships, not romantic relationships. So as a swinger, when I'm a single woman and I'm approaching a couple for sex, it, I, I know I'm, I don't speak for all single women, right? But I, I don't look at it as an opportunity for a romantic connection. I look at it as people I want to jive with, maybe smoke a joint with, have a, I, I don't drink a lot anymore, so maybe like a virgin mojito with, and then maybe have a great fucking threesome, right? Like that for me, friends, friends is the point. And then the sex comes with, with some good friendships, right? But I don't need to date these people. I don't need to, you know, be romantically involved. I don't need to have jealousy when they're with other people because it's not romantic it's not meant to be romantic and so I love it I mean yes it, you know some some swingers can get feelings for for their swinging partners whatever things go down things happen um but you know people talk about these things and some people do convert from swingers to polyamory or open relationships because for some people the more comfortable they get in the lifestyle the more they realize how blissful and free it is to live a life of hedonistic fun and excitement 
and and especially with some couples where they could just add it as an element of spice and extra to their marriage or their relationship it doesn't detract from any couples it adds even as a single woman i know that my rules have changed i mean at first I, you know, wouldn't have sex with a straight woman. Like I would, meaning like if I was with sharing a man with a straight woman, because I'm like, what's the point of that, right? Like I'm not going to be kissing or touching a woman and we're just sharing a dick. Like that's a total bottleneck situation. But now with the right women, if I know a straight woman that I get along with really well, I would find a way to share a man that would make it work out, right? Like I would just be more patient. So that's one of my own rules that changed. I think that the no kissing thing is one of the ones that changes a lot. There's other other rules like um, some couples like when they're really scared of this lifestyle, they're like, okay, we can we can have sex with a girl, but we can never talk to her again. Like I, I'm not I'm not recommending that. That's that's pretty cutthroat. But for some women or so, you know whatever, they can get a little threatened, and so they might be like, okay, we we need to find a disposable situation. I don't want to be reminded. You know, we can't pick someone we know, kind of thing. And I think that you should you should work with your partner and find a comfort in this lifestyle by all means and take your time if you need it. Um, but I do think you'll notice the relaxing of rules comes from a relaxing of the pressure of this lifestyle when you realize that it's meant to be an almost like an adult playground. And uh, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. So. Even me, I mean, I, I tell guys no anal, right? And then I, I, I pick select partners where I want them to, to give have sex with me in the ass. Like, it's just totally a hot thing for me sometimes. So those rules, like, I have rules are for different people, right? Like, I think the more positive experiences people have in the sex positive and swinger lifestyle where they can sit after sex and laugh and joke around and even go for lit midnight tacos with the girl that they, you know, your husband just fucked. Once you realize that these can be friendships and they're not threatening women or, you know, for in that example, it's life changing. And let me give you a very real example of a, of a dynamic that I, I think is just one of my ideals for my own life. There's a couple in the lifestyle I know well that is a married husband and wife and they come to DTF down to fuck nights at the sex club and they split up. So they don't actually have sex together at all at the club. They basically split up and the guy goes and has his success or not. And the wife goes and has her success or not. They're allowed to check in with one another, of course, and like do all that. But they're not, they fuck all the time at home. Why would they come and fuck at the sex club is their thought, right? What I like about this dynamic is I'm friends with the wife, even though I fuck the husband one-on-one. -on -one. I love that this is a very comfortable thing for both me and her and I'm telling you this this woman is very chill and I need I could almost learn from her how to be so chill um but basically she's I'm gonna tell you a little upcoming fantasy date that's that's being planned out in a couple days uh the wife and husband are coming to to the city and the wife is gonna be dropped off at the at the sex club on a certain theme night that the husband is not that interested in and he's gonna be coming to my house to hang out with me while she's at the sex club presenting as a single woman. And then at like, you know, like five or six hours later, he's going to leave my house, go pick her up, and they're going to drive home together. And this is not the only time they've done this kind of thing, right? So what's really exciting about that is I can like, you know, I'm going to basically order food and like food delivery for him when he's here. And I'm going to add an entree for her and we're going to send it home with her because... 
I love making her feel like she was included in this because she like basically loaned her husband to me. And I want to like give a good gesture that's like, hey, you are thought of and appreciated. And I may not, you know, maybe it's words, maybe it's pad thai that I could send. But I just think that, yeah, I love this lifestyle that I'm not a threat because I shouldn't be. I'm not a threat, especially with this dynamic. There is no concern of romantic attachments or anything because we started in this dynamic under very clearly negotiated terms and that's what's so great about the sex positive lifestyle is that you are so early uh, able to negotiate what you're looking for without offending people really as long as you do it well that you really get to hone in on what it is that you really want and you're good at and you're comfortable with and uh, and you can lean into those experiences now, are all experiences good in the sex club? And no, I have had my own bad experiences. I know I laugh at the story of having to cry inside of a glory hole because that was the only private moment area I could find. But let's just say, you know, sex clubs are just like anywhere else. There's real humans who have sometimes real life problems, marriage problems, maybe, you know, whatever it is, stressful day at work, caught up with them, doesn't matter. There's also bad experiences, you know, a bad touch or whatever, like things go down and like everywhere, just like everywhere else. And so it's not all, you know, rainbows and puppy dogs or whatever, but as long as you learn from the experiences and when you do have a bad feeling, like for example, jealousy, it doesn't mean it's game over. It means let's figure out what caused the jealousy. Let's figure out how we can work together to make sure it doesn't happen again. And then let's check in again after the next experience to make sure it was addressed. Think about that. It's a real example. I was having a foursome one. So I was with a date and then there was a, a male female couple that came over and all four of us played together, including the guys. And at one point, one of the guys was having sex with me, and then the other two were by my face, and the three of us were having a three-way kiss. And I had no idea that, like, later that guy who was having sex with me told me that he felt left out. And I was like, oh, I never, like, you were inside of me. How did you feel left out? But he did, and I'm glad he said he was. Because that way I made sure I, I would not have done that again, right? Like I would have been waited for him to be part of a four-way kiss, you know? So it was just one of those things where, you know, you can, it's jealousy can happen or hurt feelings can happen. And I, I know it sucks and it hurts, but just like anything else, like you, a bump or a bruise after a few days and sometimes a good few cry sessions, you can get those things out just like you can get massage therapists can get knots out of your back. And you can be better for it, the experience. I have had negative experiences in this sex club even recently and I don't always share on my channel or my podcast all the all the drama or anything because it's not ever about that but it goes to show that you can still learn and adapt and be better for the experiences you had um, not diminished even if they were negative experiences um, so that's just it so like for for example there was one time I had a guy who basically tried to face fuck me the first time we ever had sex like grabbed my head and hair and was being pretty aggressive and I learned after that experience that first of all I didn't like that I wanted to do that with men I chose to do that with but I also learned to to, to say something to to say something and also to not to maybe say something to men in advance like you know I'm gonna do a sensual blowjob like like it's non-negotiable kind of thing you know um so 
bad experiences aren't necessarily always scarring or anything like that. A lot of them can just be learning, you know, learning opportunities. I also think that sometimes rules and boundaries can change with certain people, even if overall they stay the same. Now, what do I mean by that? If a couple has a, a general rule, for example, if they swing separately or like if they have an open relationship or whatever, where basically it means you can have sex outside of the relationship, but not other relationships. There's sometimes a no sleepover rule, like no overnights. And that's pretty common, I think, in certain types of, you know, limited non-monogamy. But sometimes there's a certain comfort level that can be created between certain people in those you know, situations that maybe there's exceptions made, right? Like there's exceptions made that are, you know, okay, well, the reason we have this rule is because it's to protect our marriage, but you know, this person's not a threat to our marriage. Therefore, maybe I don't need the rule. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at here. When I say that, you know, write your rules in pencil, not pen, it means your rules are an expression, in my opinion, of either your insecurity or your genuine attempt to safeguard your relationship, which is basically, you know, it could be all, everything at once. I am not criticizing the fact that people have rules or boundaries. I have them. I just want you to realize that you might want to loosen your grip on the rules you have and the, and, and, this, and the fears you have of this lifestyle because the more you see how ethical it is, the more you will relax into it. For example, as a single woman unicorn, there's many couples that I have been with that I would never contact the husband alone. It is just not ethically or etiquette correctly, like etiquette or correct etiquette. It is important that I always either contact the girl or both of them together in a group chat. Having said that, there's some couples that are very open with me talking with the man separately, but that information or that decision would come from the couple, not me, because I wouldn't try and isolate one of the partners from the other when they were presenting as a couple. So once you realize that, for example, a couple comes into my life specifically and like gets to know me and knows that I'm going to protect those boundaries too, I'm not, I'm not here to violate those boundaries, um, they usually relax into it. Yeah, so I hope that I was able to kind of open your mind and say, you know, we, we move our own goalposts in life. And I think what I mean by that, not only do we move our own rules, but we move our own fantasies. They change. They evolve. So do our rules, right? My first fantasy was a threesome. Well, after I accomplished like a bajillion of them-ish, you know, now I don't fantasize really about threesomes anymore because, you know, I hate to say it because it sounds like you know, a little terrible, but in a way I've kind of like checked that off my list, like been there, done that. And so if I have a threesome now, it would be because I wanted to fuck those people specifically, not because I wanted to have a threesome, um, which is a very different experience as a swinger because before it was about like knocking shit off my list. Now it's about making connections with these friends and having sexual experiences for, you know, that are fulfilling for everybody. I do not do a good enough job of hawking all of my different websites and businesses and everything because I always tend to like, you know, want to focus on the real meat and potatoes of like what I'm doing, which is the content. But I want you to check out TorontoUnicorn.com. I've got journal posts. I've got recommended products, Amazon storefronts where you can see the accumulated products in, in categorized lists that I have selectively chosen that I think would look good at sex clubs or like, you know, condoms that I recommend. 
Um, I even have toiletries like toilet paper that you should you can buy that won't leave lint in your vagina or your ass crack when someone goes to eat you out and there's all these lint balls. Guys, guys sometimes, and I've seen it happen, they'll buy their toilet paper at the dollar store thinking they're saving some money and then that girl who comes over has all these little like, you know, I don't know, lint balls when you go down there. Like, you know, no, you've got to invest in good toilet paper. So I have lists on amazon.com slash shop slash unicorn. You can also get there by the Canadian site with the same link. Just do the .ca and, uh, and check it out there. So don't forget, I've got a YouTube channel where I have all sorts of videos. I have over 600 videos right now. Helpful advice, swinger tips. You know, how do you talk to people at a sex club? You know, what are the topics you should avoid at a sex club? What do you wear at a sex club? You know, all of these are addressed topics on my channel. So leave a comment, give a rating, please, of five stars. Uh, make sure that this podcast can be, you know, discoverable by other people so that they can benefit as well. Thank you.